this opportunity. So this is uh, awesome. I'm really pumped to be able to, to share and speak again today. Uh, if you've been here the last few weeks, you know that we're in a series that we're calling Good Vibes. And uh, we're in week three, actually. And, and it's summer, and so you know that people are chilling out, maxing, relaxing all cool. You know where this is going, right? Uh, they're grilling, you're taking trips, you're taking vacations, and all of us are generally, hopefully, just having a good time. And we've, we've been talking about the idea that good, bad, and ugly, all of us, all the time, are constantly putting out vibes with our life. All of us are doing this all the time, whether we realize it or not. And, and from last week, you know, I kind of gave you a little bit of glimpse into to me and, and a few of my stories, so you guys know and recognize that I've perfected the art of putting out the vibe. Um, it's just who I am. Jim Carrey has taught me well from Dumb and Dumber. You know what I'm talking about if you were here last week. And, and I've perfected this art. Uh, you know, when I, when I look back on my life, I thought that the pinnacle of my vibe status was around the age of 17, but now that I'm a, a, a husband and a father of three, and I've got a minivan and a stroller and, and a 10-pound multi-suit, I recognize that, that it basically it's just going to continue to increase with age. And, uh, and that's, you, you parents know what I'm talking about, right? We just, we continually, we're getting cooler all the time. And uh, man, when I'm walking around the neighborhood and I've got the baby carrier on and I'm carrying a, dog, a bag of my dog's poop, I'm like, I've arrived. I'm, I'm probably the coolest guy in Greenway Farms right now. Uh, but all the time, all of us, we're, we're putting out vibes. But the truth is, we're not talking about cool factor. Uh, we're not talking about like a hippie culture, like peace, love, and flowers, man. That's, that's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're not talking about positive energy or karma or mojo or juju or feng shui. That, that's not really what we're talking about. As Christians, as people who follow Jesus, as disciples, we have a legitimate, real reason to live differently than the world. We have a reason to be full of good vibes, and it's because of the good news of Jesus Christ. And because Jesus gives us a reason to be optimistic, which Brody did an amazing job two weeks ago talking about optimism. If you missed that week, you have to go back and watch it. Because we have a reason to be optimistic, then we can take optimism and we can turn it around and we can be grateful to God. Last week we talked about having a grateful attitude and living a life of thankfulness and gratitude. And today, optimism and gratitude, for me, it leads to being a person and living a life that is encouraging. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today is encouragement, because it's really, really easy living in culture, hopping on social media, you know, we just talked about road rage in Northern Virginia. The world is full of negativity. We don't need any more cynicism. We don't need any more biting, sarcastic humor. It's all around us. What we really need is to kind of take a different path and reject the world's way of living. And so Good Vibes is kind of our attempt at bringing you a series to say, hey, listen, this is what the world's way of living produces. This is what it looks like. But as Christians, as Jesus people, this is what our life should look like. And so we, we really do. We live in a chronically negative world. You guys know this because it starts at a really early age. It's about the time you put kids in school. 
You know, I mentioned Saturday Serve. It's a group that, that we've started over on Plaza Street on Saturdays where we're just hanging out, playing kickball, dodgeball, you know, painting faces, interacting with our community. And it's amazing to, to be an adult and to interact with little kids to watch how early kind of the negative kind of like vibes start. So, you know, we line all the kids up. Hey, shoulder to shoulder, everybody, we're going to pick teams. And you start kind of getting people out there and you'll notice kids like slip behind their buddy like, no, I don't want to be on his team, right? So, so you get in school and you're not picked for the team, right? And your confidence, it might struggle a little bit like, oh, I'm not as good as XYZ as these kids, you know? And so you become like an average student. I'm, maybe I'm just not as smart. Maybe I'm just not as good at different things. And and, and then you get made fun of because you're different. And I just want to say, don't do this because you guys know my, my middle school nickname was Flag Boy. I don't have time to go into that full story. But when you ride a bike to school and your parents put big old baskets on the back, and one of the baskets has a saxophone in it, and you got a six-foot orange flag waving, and they make you wear a helmet, and you come up next to the school entrance and the school bus comes by, you know that every day you're going to be called Flag Boy for the rest of your life. And so if you're a little bit different, nothing wrong with that, but you get made fun of. And, and this, is, this is really weird because most of us grew up in an age where we maybe just kind of thought or suspected we weren't in the popular club or the popular crowd. But now with Instagram and Facebook, there's like metadata to prove that you aren't popular. I don't have as many likes. Oh, I don't have as many followers, right? And so now you know like, yep. I'm definitely not in the cool crowd. I'm not very popular. And because we live in a negative world, people can't really give or receive encouragement as like a natural way of life. It's like really, really awkward. It makes me think of, of this movie uh, with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Meryl Streep. It's called Hope Springs. It's like a struggling marriage. And they go for counseling. They get out of town. And Steve Carell, one of the funniest guys, he's their counselor. And he's, they, this movie sets up like amazing, awkward counseling sessions. So if you want to like, be really uncomfortable, watch this movie. And so he gives them like a list of things they need to try to like revive their marriage. And one of them is he says, I want you to go home tonight. And you're thinking like this is going to be juicy and it's going to be really, like, am I going to need to fast forward? And he's like, I want you to go home. I want you to go where you're comfortable. And I want you to hold each other for five minutes. Like, hold hands, embrace. And you're like, they're married. And it is the funniest scene with, with Tommy Lee Jones. He's, like, in their hotel room. And she's, like, in the bathroom. And he's, like, knocking on the door, like, hey, we're supposed to do the thing. If you don't want to, it's fine. I don't, you know, whatever. And, and he's like, I'm going to go to bed. And the door opens. Like, no, 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 I, I want to do the thing. And they're like standing there in front of each other. He's like, well, we, we should probably do it over here. And he like points to the bed. And, and they, they make their way in the bed. He's like, well, I'm, I'm going to get in. And, and eventually they find themselves in bed just holding each other, which should be so normal for like a married couple, right? But that's how I kind of think about people living today being the type of person that can encourage someone. Yeah, we're just not used to it. We're, you know, we're used to like kind of like jokes and sarcasm and things. So when you genuinely want to encourage somebody or somebody is trying to encourage you, it can be one of the most awkward experiences that you've ever had. But we were created in the image of God. Every single one of us. And as Christians, we're called to reflect his nature. We're like little images of Jesus on this earth to the world. And he's calling you and me. God is calling us to be an encourager, to build others up. While the world is busy tearing people down and starting from the earliest ages, 
we have an opportunity to build each other up. And it's an incredibly spiritual thing to do. It's incredibly spiritual. You know, you know the root word of encouragement is courage. It's courage. And courage is simply the mental or the moral strength to venture and to persevere and to withstand danger, fear, difficulty. Some words that like, you know, kind of go with courage is bravery, fearlessness. And that's the way that we were created to live life. You can see it in your children when they're like too young to know any better. But as we live life, and, and we just get around each other and the criticism and the negative uh, stuff, it just starts, we sort of lose our courage. We lose our ability to say, man, I'm going to do great things for God. I'm going to do great things for God's kingdom. We lose our courage. And so encouragement is simply to inspire somebody to fan their flame and to give them the courage that they're lacking, to give them support. People today... Many of us, all of us at different times, we need encouragement. We need hope. And there are plenty of voices of discouragement all around us. We even kind of give ourselves this negative, what I call self-talk. It's like an inner voice that, that just starts from somewhere that we, we don't even realize it. And suddenly, when we face opportunities or challenges or different situations, we're like just feeding ourselves this negative self-talk. You know, in, in week one, we were talking about optimism, and Brody gave this incredible quote about how the optimists, they see the, the potential and the possibilities in every sort of uh, challenge. But a pessimist, all they see is the challenge in the face of every opportunity. And so I believe that for many of us, when we find ourselves discouraged, we're just feeding ourselves with, with this negative self-talk. And, and it's, from, it's from inside, it's internal, it's from outside, it's from all angles. And really, we know where this comes from. It, it ultimately, it's from, it, what's his name? The accuser, the father of lies, Satan. It's his ultimate goal to discourage us. And he doesn't need any help discouraging people, taking away our courage. You know, Carly and I, we started commuting to Leesburg from Lynchburg when we were in school at Liberty. Uh, every weekend, we started in 2010. We would make the three-hour drive on Saturday night. We'd lead worship. We were over in Smarts Mill at the time. And it was, it was really wonderful. You guys, you know, we, we've come to love Destiny. It's why we moved here. It's why we, we moved our lives up here after school. But the, the timing was a little rough for our family. We started in 2010 commuting. And then after Carly graduated in May of 2012, we moved our family up here. And, and we truly had a family because Gabe was like three weeks old. And so June 1st was our first, like, feet on the ground, no longer commuting. Like, we're a part of Leesburg in Northern Virginia. And honestly, just being very vulnerable with you guys, it was one of the toughest seasons of our lives. It wasn't like we didn't have amazing church family or people around us, but having a, a brand new baby, kind of finishing school, so much transition really affected our family. And I got permission to kind of talk a little bit about this. Postpartum depression can be one of the hardest things that especially women face. And Carly, being new parents, we didn't recognize the signs that what she was going through was more than just like having a bad day. You know, we went from living life basically together 24-7 at school. It was like a party all the time, you know, go to class and we're hanging out, right? It's just like everybody loves school because you don't have too many responsibilities Suddenly, I'm in the office. We're in a new place. She's got a, a really tough, colicky baby that was like literally the world's like, worst baby. And, and don't tell him I ever said that because we're trying to encourage him, right? 
And so she, she finds herself in this dark place where every day I come home and she's just like in a closet crying somewhere. And as her husband, that, that really, you know, hurt me because I was like thinking, how can I encourage my wife? Like, maybe I got to like do more dishes. Maybe I got to do some laundry or, you know, think of ways that I can kind of like pick her up. Like, hey, come on, let's go. Let's... And, and it, was, it was internal. It was like phys- physically, you know, emotionally and, and hormones. And there, there was something going on. So it was a little bit more than just like a frame of mind that needed shifting. But discouragement can kill a person. It is soul-sucking. And that is Satan's goal for your life, to kill, still, and destroy everything that God has destined you for. Satan is the father of lies. He's a deceiver. And we've believed and we've bought into these lies. I, I, have to, I can't go through this message without quoting this again because you guys know that I'm a huge uh, fan of the Jesus Storybook Bible. With young children, it's something that we, we read often. And, and there's a particular story. I've shared it before, but quickly I want to share it again. And, and, and this is, it's chapter 3 of the Bible. It's after the creation story. And it's basically talking about God created Adam and Eve. And this chapter, chapter 3, it's called The Terrible Lie. The Terrible Lie. And I'm going to just read it to you. It says, God had given Adam and Eve only one rule. Don't eat the fruit on that tree, he told them. Because if you do, you'll think that you know everything and you'll stop trusting me. And then death and sadness and tears will come. You see, God knew if they ate the fruit, they wouldn't think they... They would think they didn't need him. And they would try to make themselves happy without him. But God knew there was no such thing as happiness without him. And life without him wouldn't be life at all. As soon as the snake, and this is Satan who was cast out of heaven because he wanted to take God's place. As soon as the snake saw his chance, he slithered up silently to Eve. And he whispered, does God really love you? If he does, why won't he let you eat the nice, juicy, delicious fruit Poor you. Perhaps God doesn't want you to be happy. The snake's words hissed into her ears. And they sunk down deep into her heart like poison. Does God love me? Eve wondered. Suddenly she didn't know anymore. Just trust me, the serpent whispered. You don't need God. One small taste and that's all. You'll be happier than you could ever dream. Eve picked up the fruit and she ate some. And Adam ate some too. And a terrible lie came into the world. It would never leave. It would live on in every human heart, whispering to every human heart, whispering to every one of God's children, God doesn't love me. And I'm here to tell you today that Satan is a liar. People get so caught up in his lies, sometimes we spend our whole life believing his lies. And as Christians, we have the incredible opportunity to go into our world and to call out the golden people, the gold that God has put in there. We get to help them see themselves the way that God sees them. We get to tell people the truth, and the truth has the power to completely change people's lives. You know, when we picked our kids' names, it was really important to me. It was like one of the most hard things we've ever done. I'm like super traditional, and I'm like, let's give them like Boaz and Dorcas or something like that. And Carly was like, no, I want to do like some, something really creative and maybe not as like common. And we struggled and we struggled, and finally we landed you know, on the names that we picked. But to me, it was very important because a person's identity, what they look to when they see themselves, is really one of the most important things that a person can have. And so we named named Gabriel, that name, because it means God is my strength. God is my strength. 
Uh, Auden, it's kind of an awesome, you know, unique name. I wouldn't have picked it because it's not a Bible name. And it means faithful friend. And then Ellen, our youngest, we named her Ellen because it means bright, shining light. And it's so cool because this doesn't have to be their life first. They can pick their own Bible verse that they personally relate to. But for God is my strength. Every single night that we go to bed and we're practicing Bible verses and praying with our kids, Gabe, I say, what does your name mean, Gabe? And he says, God, and we have to do this. God is my strength. And Joshua 1.9, what's that verse say? Be strong and courageous. Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged, for God will be with me wherever I go. And so we're building that into their lives. Auden, faithful friend, her little verse that we're kind of working on is that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And she's learning about Jesus. And with Ellen, she's our little light. She's an awesome kid. We picked that there is a city on a hill that can't be hidden. You're the light of the world. And so these are things that we're building into the identity of our kids But there's nothing special about the McClure kids because we're all God's kids. And he has spoken destiny into your life, into my life, into all of our lives. And so I'm here to tell you that if you're discouraged, if you've lost heart, if you feel like you're losing strength, you have to reject the lies that Satan is trying to feed you and you've got to listen to the voice of truth. Good vibes are more than just a state of mind because true courage comes from the Lord. And when we encourage someone, it's not flattery. It's not like, I don't really believe this about them, but I, you know, I want to puff them up. It's, it's not flattery. It's not a lie. We're not lying to them. We're telling them the truth about how God sees them. We're reminding them of their true identity, and we're basically being prophetic in their life. And that's like a weird word, like prophetic and prophecy. You kind of think of like a fortune teller and somebody who like predicts the future. And, and we see that in the Bible. There are people that have gifts of prophecy and have words of knowledge. And God just gives them something and it's like, whoa, how did you know that? Like I literally was the only one who knew that. God gives that gift to people. But I am speaking of prophecy and being prophetic in someone's life as basically just helping them to see the destiny that God has for them. You don't have to know their future. You don't have to do anything special to be someone who encourages other people. When someone is discouraged, it's because they've bought into a lie. And I just hope that all of us today, before we leave, can come into agreement with what God thinks about us. Because I'm here to tell you that God is crazy. He is crazy about you. He's crazy about you. Psalm 139, I quote this like every time I speak, one of my favorite psalms. It said that God created your inmost being. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Every day that we live is a chance for us to give praise to God. And it says that there are so many thoughts, good thoughts that God has about each one of us, we can never count them. The thoughts that God has about us outnumber the grains of sand on this planet. It's amazing what God thinks about us. And so we're just trying to embrace truth and reject lies. If we're going to accurately reflect the nature of God, we have to understand and grab your notes, write this in, the very kind of top point. Our God is an encouraging God. It's not doom and gloom. It's not like the party's over when you come to Jesus. It's not like he's here to like smack you upside the head and say, hey, you missed this like standard. You missed this rule. Yes, there are rules. Yes, there are ways of living that God has for our life. But ultimately, our God is a good God and he's encouraging. 
And in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, this is what Paul says. He says, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the inside and uh, battles on the outside and fear on the inside. And then you might want to just like circle this or highlight this or underline this. But God, circle, but God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. And I love this passage of scripture because sure, God could like do some sort of like, you know, miracle and like, you know, a lightning bolt and like, oh, my chemical like internally changed and I'm suddenly like, just encouraged, like he could do that. But that's not the way that God chooses to operate. God uses people. God uses people in our lives to encourage us. But God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. When there's trouble on the outside and fear on the inside, we serve a God who encourages those who are discouraged. In Psalm 40, verse 2, it says that he lifted me out of the pit of despair. I can't read that phrase without being like, the pit of despair. <laughs> do, you guys, do you guys know what I'm talking about, right? The princess bride. I know Buddy knows what I'm talking about, right? That classic, it's like, the pit of despair. You have to watch the movie if you know what I'm talking about. But uh, anyway, yeah, back to this scripture. (laughs) He lifted me up out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground, and he gave me a firm place to stand. He has lifted us out of our pit. And it's not like we physically live in like some hole in the ground, and he like, you know, raised us up to like, you know, we're not like the guy who like went hiking by himself and got his arm caught and had to cut it off or anything. That's not what he's talking about. Every single one of us, we may not be in Egypt, we not, may not be the Israelite slaves who are like under Pharaoh's control, but the same promises that God gave to the Israelites then, that he would free them, that he would redeem them, that he created them to live lives of purpose, those are the same set of promises that God has for us today. All of us are slaves to something to something. You cannot live life without being a slave to something. And you're going to either be a slave to this world, and it might go okay for you for a while, but it doesn't lead to life. Or you're going to be a slave to God and a slave to to the ways that he has for living. And it is the ultimate abundant life. And I'm so pumped, you know, after we finish this series, we're going to be talking a little bit about Joshua. And we're going to talk about how all of us can find freedom in our lives. God, he he didn't destine us to be making bricks in Egypt. He destined us for so much more. Paul is saying, you know what? Someone cares, which must mean that God cares because he sent someone to me. He sent someone to me. God uses people to bring healing into our lives. We go to God for forgiveness. It's not like I can come and like wave, you know, something and like absolve you of your sins. Like I don't have that power. Only Jesus could do that, right? So Jesus and, and, and because of Jesus, we have forgiveness with God. But we go, after we go to God for, for forgiveness, we go to people for healing, People bring healing into our lives. Rick Warren, he basically says that every single one of us need two things. The first thing that we need is a relationship, is a family, a place to belong, a family. And number two, everyone needs a meaningful role or responsibility. Ultimately, every one of us needs a ministry. So many people, probably many of you sitting here today who come week after week and you're enjoying the services and you're sitting there, you might be thinking to yourself, I don't really have a family. I don't really have somebody that knows what's going on. I'm not really connected. 
And worse than that, you might think, God could never use me. God could, I, I don't really have the stuff that it takes to be used by God. And I'm here to tell you today that one of the most spiritual things that we can do to be like God is to be a voice of encouragement in a world full of discouragement and hurtful voices. You have no idea how simple a message of encouragement can change a life. Even something that's not a big deal to you can mean something that's so huge to the person receiving the encouragement. So, you know, uh, here, maybe a couple years ago now, I I met a, a woman one week. And uh, it was her first Sunday at Destiny, and I'm just doing what I do, like, hey, how's it going? What's your name? I'm Josiah. Did you grab some coffee? You know, just the, the normal kind of greeting, making sure she was comfortable. And I think it happened to be Easter Sunday, and she enjoyed the service. And I'll never forget, I, never, I said this pretty often because I don't believe in coincidence. And I looked this lady in the face, and it wasn't like God gave me like some divine revelation. I just said, you know... I really believe that you're here for a reason. I don't think it's by accident that God brought you here today. And I just, I'm so glad you're here. Hey, I hope you have a great Sunday. And that, that was really the extent of our conversation. And during that service, we did like a, a random gift basket giveaway, and she won one of those gift baskets. And come to find out, we were able to, to baptize this person, and she was sharing her testimony. I had never remembered this conversation. In the middle of her testimony, she said, you know, I, I was really struggling with discouragement. I got some issues going on. There's some things in my life that are really heavy. And I remember I was just thinking, I need to, I need to be somewhere on Easter. And so I came here to Destiny, and I remember I, I saw you, because I was like giving her the interview, and she said, and, and I saw you, and I was like, oh, okay. And she said, and you told me it wasn't an accident I was here. And I was like... I guess I did. I don't know. I don't really remember that. And I never would have known just that really simple, not even like a true encouragement, like, I don't believe in, it's an accident. I don't believe you're an accident. That was the message that I was sending. And it made such a difference to this lady. She had prayed before coming to church, God, I I need a church family. And if this is the church for me, then I need to kind of hear from you. And so through our interaction and her winning the Easter gift basket, she took that as God caring for her because he does. And he uses people to do that. God uses people to speak into our lives. So here are three of the most spiritual things you can do as you put out good vibes. Number one is encourage others daily. Encourage people daily. Hebrews 3 says, Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And that's what it is. It's a lie. It's sin and it's deceitful. That's why there's so much power in life groups. We, we plug that constantly, but life groups are your opportunity to connect with people outside of Sunday morning and form real relationships. We all need people in our lives who will encourage us. Why would we not live lives of encouragement? You know, I can understand like being afraid of a confrontation or criticism. Like, I hate that. I would rather like bury my head in the sand and pretend like everything's fine. But criticism and confrontation, there's like potential for that not to go well. But can you imagine going to somebody and just be, hey, I want to let you know, man, you're doing an awesome job. What are you talking about, man? It's like that, they might respond because they don't expect it. But encouragement can't go wrong. Why would we not live lives of encouragement? The difference that encouragement can make in a person's life from an early age is unbelievable. You grow up hearing that you're amazing. You're so good at this, this, or this. You're my son. You're my daughter in whom I'm well pleased versus you're worthless. You can't do anything right. What about telling your children or speaking to somebody? You can do anything that you put your mind to versus you'll never amount to anything. 
The difference couldn't be more stark. In Proverbs 3, it says, don't withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. And so I want us to be a church that if we think something good, we say it. I never want to rob someone of a blessing by simply encouraging them. Anytime I think something good, I want to say it. If I think it, and I'm with them, I'll tell them. If, if I'm not, I'll text them. I'll email them. I'll leave a voicemail. If you think something good, then bless the person. You're not going to hurt anything, and there's no, there's no reason to be afraid. Speak up and encourage them. It's one of the most spiritual things that you can do. I want us to be available in every way, every time, no matter what, to be a voice of encouragement. Because here's, hap- here's what happens. The moment that you kind of, it's summer's here, I got this vacation, this trip, this conference, whatever, it's a beautiful Sunday, I'm going to like do the yard, right? You miss a couple of Sundays, you're not in your life group, you suddenly isolate yourself, you haven't been like plugged into the body of Christ recently, and you'll kind of notice that the negative self-talk, all of these forces that are trying to tear your life apart, they start creeping in because we're not naturally in an environment that's encouraging. And trust me, I know you should work with the people I work with. Just kidding. Just kidding. No. We are not naturally in an environment that is encouraging. You go to work, you're on sports teams, you're in school. It's not naturally encouraging. And that's what happens. We need people. You know, uh, I'll call them out a little bit here. Nate and Kat are good friends of our family. They probably won't even remember this conversation, but randomly, it might have been like a Facebook post or a text. Uh, and Nate texted me and he, or told me, he was like, dude, you're a really great pastor. You know, God really, you're like the, the like the perfect type of like temperament or whatever and something sort of random like that and it's not to like say, yeah, I kind of am. I, I am not, uh, uh, you know, I am able to be discouraged like everybody. You know, people who pop around happy, happy, you know, energy, they're no different from the person who walks around maybe with depression. All of us are susceptible to discouragement and they will never know that simple act of a text or a Facebook post. I will live on that for the longest time because being a pastor and leading people is not easy. I constantly have lives being fed to me just like you do and all of us need someone speaking into our lives. Hebrews 10 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And I don't know about you, but if I know that I need encouragement, then I want to be a person of encouragement. And so here's some random times you could encourage somebody. Cashiers, waitresses, bank tellers. I want to just make like a specific plug for moms in public because I've got a wife who's got three kids and she does stuff all the I will see women and moms and dads all the time like out in public with kids and it's crazy and it's hectic have you ever thought about just going up and being like man you've got some beautiful children you've done an awesome job what that might mean to somebody who struggles like I'm not a great mom my kids aren't actually that well behaved blah 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 there are so many opportunities that all of us have to encourage each other co-workers your spouse your kids Number one, we need to encourage others daily. Number two, we need to encourage others spiritually. So a normal encouragement, hopefully that would come naturally to some of us. It's just like, hey, good job. Man, proud of you. You did a good job. That report you turned out was great. Great job with the project. Your house is looking good. I like the renovations. I love your haircut. Like these are just normal encouragements. But don't just let it end there. 
Let's take our encouragement and let God transform it into something spiritual when it's appropriate. Romans 1 says that one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. When we're around people, we want to help them to grow strong in the Lord. We want them to be strengthened in the faith. We want to bring them a gift with our words and our heart and our presence, just like Titus was to Paul. And again, you guys, we can't stress enough, that's why life groups are so important. You're not going to connect with people in a deep way on Sunday mornings. I love what we do here. It's necessary, but you aren't going to connect in a deep way before and after a service. Hi, bye. How how about the Redskins? How's the weather? You have to plug in with people intentionally outside of Sundays, and our opportunity is life groups. This is what you need. It's not really that hard to encourage people spiritually when you make it a part of your lifestyle because you can take something normal and you can kind of put like a spiritual twist on it. So, you know, my son, he's kind of like learning, you know, sports and games and things. And so let's say he's playing kickball and he kicks the ball and it's like, you know, he's not like, Pele or something, so it's not that good, but he, he gets on first base, and he doesn't know that, like, he's just excited after thinking, dude, you did so good kicking that ball. Man, God, he made you so awesome, didn't he? Because we're always talking about how God made everything. Dude, he made you, and he made you so athletic. I'm really proud of you. You're just constantly building into people's identity. Great game. The goal you made was awesome, but God gave you a gift. You can say something like, bro, the way you love your wife, it blesses me. It makes me to want to be a better man of God. Or hey, when I see you worship, when I see you lift your hands and you have authentic worship going on, the intimate relationship you have with God, it stirs me in my walk with the Lord. You can take your encouragement to a spiritual level. So what do we do? We encourage each other daily. We encourage each other spiritually. And the third thing is we encourage yourself in the Lord. This may seem a little odd to like encourage yourself in the Lord, but as we wrap up today, I've just got a couple more scriptures. And it says, 2 Corinthians, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And David gives us an amazing example of this in 1 Samuel 30. The context here is that there were people who wanted to stone him, who wanted to kill him. So if you think you're having a bad day or you're a little discouraged, imagine somebody actually wanting to murder you and that you would need some encouragement. And it says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Every now and then, we just need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. Whenever the voices of discouragement come in trying to tear us down, we have to say, I'm not going to listen to the lies. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. And we basically, that's why we build the word of God into our hearts. We can say, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. If my God is for me, then who can be against me? My God says that I can overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. My God is working together all things for the good so that what Satan meant for evil, God can use it for good. Sometimes we just need to feed ourselves truth from Scripture and view ourselves the way that God sees us. Reject the lies and embrace truth. We have to preach to ourselves. I have faith for this. My God is with me. He's for me. 
God has given me every single thing that I need. And there is somebody here today who needs this because you walked in with a heavy heart. You walked in with voices of discouragement. And you're thinking to yourself, I I don't know if I'm going to make it. I I can't get this done. There's not enough of me to go around. I'm I'm not going to get through this. My kids, they're going to continue going in the wrong direction. I'm always going to have this financial issue. My health, it's not great. It's not even, it's not going to get better. My marriage, it's, it's not going to, it's on the rocks. It's not going to work. On and on. All of us, we walk in carrying this stuff. And Jesus says, take my yoke. Take my burden because it's easy. It's light. We don't have to do this alone. In fact, Jesus is our advocate. He's in heaven. He's praying for us by name right now. And I pray that for us, this message wouldn't come and go and help us feel positive for a moment, but that the Holy Spirit would do a deep work in our hearts and help us to recognize that one of the most spiritual things that we can do is to be a voice of encouragement. We're not here by accident. God is good. And he's so good that even while we were sinners, he sent Christ Jesus to die for us. And I want to ask if everyone could just stand this morning. And we're going to lower the house lights. I want to ask if everybody could just take this kind of posture right here. It's just an an open hand posture. And I want to pray for everybody in the room right now. And I want to pray for those of you who you've been struggling and limping through life on your own. You haven't given God control or the reins of your life. Today is the day that you can decide it's not worth trying to do this on my own. It hasn't worked. I want to give God control. He made me. He knows me. He controls my destiny. And so if that's you today, if you've never made the decision to give Jesus control of your life, you could say a simple prayer like this. Heavenly Father, I'm heavy. I'm burdened. I have a lot of things going on and I've tried to manage it on my own and it hasn't worked. I know that there is sin in my life. There's stuff in my life that separates me from you. And I'm so thankful that because of your son Jesus who died on the cross for me, you've wiped my slate clean. You've taken my past. You've thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. And you've given me a destiny and a hope and a future. God, I believe that your son Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. And I can be made completely brand new because of the work of the cross. Jesus, come and save me now. And Lord, for everyone else in the room who, who maybe they're walking with you, maybe it's, it's been a struggle, we're all over the map, Lord. For those who are feeling great, God, continue to encourage us. Continue to minister to us through your Holy Spirit. But help all of us, God, to be people of encouragement. Lord, help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear those around us who need a comforting word. And God, may you light our church on fire that we would be a group of people who shift culture, who shift environments, God, in the workplace, in our homes, in our families, God, that we would be a people who set the temperature. We don't just read the temperature, God, but we set the temperature. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you, God, that you are a good God who loves us, who has incredible thoughts about us. And we say in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, listen, if if there's things going on in your life, we want to know about it. I'm going to ask if everyone can grab your Connect card. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus or to recommit your life, 
check those boxes and let us know because we want to partner with you and team with you to help you take next steps. The ushers are going to come forward this morning. We're going to continue in worship. This is an incredible act of gratitude towards God. If you're visiting, we don't want your money. Uh, we'd love just to get that connect card from you. So ushers, come on down as we continue with our tithes and offering this morning.